This is The Unexpected Gurus. I'm super freaking pumped to introduce you to two incredible women. I'm a little biased toward one because she's one of my best friends on the planet, uh, but both of these women are amazing. It's Anika Sharma and Nehal Tinani from The Woke Desi, which is this incredible South Asian podcast that's dedicated to, as their tagline says, breaking boundaries. And if I try saying that too quickly, then it ends up like a tongue twister to me. So I just try to say it as slowly as possible. Um, to tell you a little bit about Annika. So <laughs> we both have differing records of this story, but she and I both worked at the same organization in 2017. I was on staff and she had just started as an intern and I had just finished my internship there. And I had come back after a short vacation and I remember walking into the kitchen of the office and looking at her and being like, oh, she's brown like me. <laughs> and, and somehow, my recollection of the story was that she said, oh, we're, you know, you're Telugu, you're Indian, we're going to be best friends. Her recollection of the story is that I said to her, oh, I heard you're an author. I want to be a writer too. And that's how we hit it off. Either way, it's a very sweet love story that has lasted this long. Um, I'm honored to be one of the maids of honor in her wedding. Um, she is, she's my big sister in every way, shape, and form. Um, oftentimes I forget that there's an age gap between us because <laughs> we act the same way, but she is very much in every way, shape, and form my older sister. She's someone I look up to because of her drive, her passion, her kindness, her empathy. She is so committed to following her heart and following the things that she's passionate about, her dreams, the ideal world that she sees, and she manifests it so beautifully. I've never seen someone so committed to making her dreams become a reality as much as, as Annika. So she, I'm so glad that she's here because I know she's going to have a lot of wisdom to share with us. And Nahal too. Nahal is someone who I've gotten to know just a little bit over the last couple of years through Annika. And she is so bubbly, so passionate, so smart. She runs her own business. She is just someone who's so dedicated to her work and her passion as a marketer, as an influencer. And I look at her Instagram page all the time and I'm just like, holy bananas, you are stunning. She's also so kind and she's so sweet and she's always so willing to give advice and share her perspective on the world and her experiences. They are such a dynamic duo and I'm really, really glad that we get to have them here today. So it's an honor to bring them on. Mamata, I love how everyone falls in love with you at the workplace. <laughs> we have Richard and they're just like, all right, love at first sight. This is our girl, which I don't think that would be different if I met you in the workplace too, but you know, we found our way to each other, but <laughs> I Indeed. am so excited. We get to meet and talk with both of them. I'm really excited beyond all the other experiences that they have uh, and that they bring to the table through their podcast. I'm really excited to just hear from two girls who podcast too. Uh, I think we're little babies in this podcasting space. And so it's always nice to hear and get some advice and, have some perspective from people who started out kind of like us. So I'm really pumped about this. Bhavna, I am so excited that the ladies from the Woke They See are here with us today. They are 
the co-host of this incredible podcast that is committed to breaking boundaries, committed to breaking the stigma around issues that really impact South Asian men and women, and just the incredible um, work that they've been doing and the voice that they've been sharing through their own experiences, through the experiences through their guests has just been absolutely amazing. So I'm really glad that Annika and Nahal can be here today. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you for having us. We're super excited to chat with you too. We are going to start this episode off with a very fun, very quick round of rapid fire. I have seven questions for each of you guys. They are the same questions. Um, Nahal, maybe we can start with you first and then Annika, you can go right after her. I'm just going to quickly ask these questions and share the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you guys ready? Yes. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> awesome. All righty. Here we go. One karaoke song for the rest of your life. What is it? Get Back by Ludacris. Before He Cheats by Carrie Underwood. That's mine too. Favorite 90s show or cartoon? Drake and Josh. Full House. That's mine too. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys best friends or what? I had no idea. <laughs> at our wedding this weekend? What? Um, <laughs> biggest addiction? Chocolate. Pizza. I'm not going to say that's mine too, even though it is. Favorite Halloween costume of all time? Something that we've wore before? Yeah. Um, last year, we were Rise and Shine from Kylie's infamous Rise and Shine saying, so my best friend and I did that. That's so typical. <laughs> I was a Pink Power Ranger. <laughs> nice. I need a picture of that. Last song that was stuck in your head? Mood Swings by Pop Smoke. Probably something by Taylor Swift. That's your answer? <laughs> no, I, I'm like, I can't think of the title right now. I was listening to her latest album, and I'm addicted to it, and so... I feel like I just keep cycling through certain songs of hers, but it's honestly a piece of lyrical work. It's so freaking good. It's genius. Genius. The entire album is like mind blowing. Every time I listen to it, I always think of like a new way to hear the song and what it means. It's crazy. It's so good, but probably Mirrorball. That's probably what it was. Mirrorball. That's so underrated. It's a great song. Great song. I think I need to add a question to our doc here to discuss the Taylor Swift album at the end of this, which I'm totally fine with because usually Bhavna and I throw that into every single one of our episodes at some point. Okay, uh, last, <laughs> last two questions. Worst, worst fashion trend of all time that you partook in? Probably shoulder pads. Ooh, that's a really good one, Nihil, actually. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, I partook in? Butterfly hair clips? Love those. I still wear them. <laughs> I'm not surprised by that answer at all. Going for you. And finally, this has become our most controversial question on the Unexpected Gurus, and I fully expect you guys to answer in the way that we want you to answer. What is your opinion on Harry Potter? Don't care. Sense. Don't care. Never read the books and only watch two movies. Mic drop. See, I told you we can't assume anymore. We just cannot assume. We cannot make any assumptions. I am like inwardly having a seizure. But you already knew this. So it's like having a seizure all over again. Every Every time you say it, it makes me want to die. You know it's about her? And you know, every time. And 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 we still still is that all the references I make go right over her head. So like I'll be like, oh my inner Hermione Ranger can't handle it. And she'll just be like, okay. Don't know what that means. <laughs> I can't imagine this year getting any worse than hearing for the third <laughs> episode in a row that someone doesn't like Harry Potter. I was about to say, Bindu didn't answer the Harry Potter question, but by saying that she had a seizure on the inside, I think she did. <laughs> oh, I did. I said it's amazing, but then it overlapped and it kind of got the attention stolen away from it because Nahal was slightly more honest about like the entire thing and she said that she did ever. 
really cared that much. I, okay, Mamata knows about you guys a lot, and I'm just getting to know you guys. So I wanted to give you an opportunity to each one of you individually, and whoever wants to go first can go, but just tell us about yourselves, what you want everyone to know. Well, hi everyone. My name is Anika Sharma, or Bindu if you are on a first name basis with me. And uh, Anika Sharma is actually my pen name. I am a double collegiate degree, double master's nerd who uh, decided to become a writer a couple years ago. I landed my agent in a book deal in 2015. And I now have a three book deal that's coming out next year. And uh, it's called, the series is called The Chai Masala Club. And the first book is called Love Chai and Other Four Letter Words. And it is coming out in October of 2021. And during the day, I am a health communications manager at Wild Cornell Medicine in New York City. And at night, I obviously am a writer and I also host uh, the Woke Desi podcast with Nehal, which is basically my other biggest love of my life. Um, and I, as of recording this today, I'm getting married in three days. And I don't know how I'm going to top that, but I'm Nahal. I'm also the co-host of The Woke Daisy, and I'm actually a content marketing manager at a San Francisco startup called Gong. So I'm all things tech by day. And then by night, I also do the podcast, like I mentioned, but I also built my own website and branded myself with naholtanani.com. And I'm a lifestyle travel and fashion blogger there. And I love partnering with a lot of different brands, building up my Instagram and doing all of that, while also writing for Brown Girl Magazine. Right. I, I mean, I think you both did amazing. I am, I don't want to go after, I don't want to follow that. So good thing I don't have to. <laughs> That's great news for me. But I think what I have been wondering for a while, I've had the opportunity to, one, listen to your podcast, to hear you guys speak at an event that Mamata and I were a part of earlier this year. And I think every Indian girl that grew up in the U.S. or just outside of India, I feel like, had these moments where they were almost torn and my husband calls it like Hannah Montana, like you have to put on a wig sometimes and just blonde wig and pretend and go out there when you're younger. And I wanted to know how the podcast started, because I think it's like what younger me would have dreamed of listening to and growing up to. And I don't think we had that. So I wanted to, first of all, congratulate you guys on such an amazing, successful podcast and to kind of figure out how, what, where the origins of this came from. I am actually going to circle that right back to this podcast um, because the idea began with Mamatha. So Mamatha and I have or had or hopefully will have again after COVID a lovely weekly unexpected date where we either eat insomnia cookies or Taco Bell until we burst. And she came over and she wanted to start a podcast and I was talking to her about marketing and starting different things and different projects. And we were both talking about creative ideas. And then she said, I think you should start your own. And I said, I don't think I have time. So then obviously a month later when the idea stuck, I put up a post in a group with about 30,000 Indian women and they responded in droves, which was amazing. And I had to filter down to a certain number. At the time we actually started with six co-hosts was the original plan which obviously does not work that well for podcasts where you have don't you where you're losing your sense of sight 
And you need to listen to voices to be able to tell who's speaking at that point. And six was far too many. And three of those women dropped out because we, all of us had side hustles. All six of us had side hustles. Nehal stuck with me from the start. I remember going through those applications and then showing my brother and saying, okay, you pick your top five, top six. And Nehal was at the top of both of ours. I remember her being like that one for sure. And she's stuck with me. Uh, we started with a third co-host who had to start her own business. And so she left. And so it's been Nehal and I for now a year and change uh, along with my brother. And it has been probably one of the most magical, unexpected journeys of my entire life. And it has been extraordinary because like you said, Bhavna, I grew up in a very white town. I grew up in a college town in Pennsylvania and that was great. You know, my parents are obviously very cultured and, and some of the families that we grew up with were as well, but I did not have a lot of Indian people to grow up with. I always felt like I didn't quite fit in because we were insulated in this college town. We didn't have access to all the cool new Indian movies. We didn't have access to functions that were Indian. Uh, so much of my Indianness and Indian identity comes from cultural things like religion and comes from, you know, dancing. Um, but it doesn't really come from, it didn't come from a, a Bollywood and all the trendy new things. I had no access to that. I was always a few years behind. And then in college I danced and that didn't really, um, it panned out with a really great friendships, a couple of people who uh, I'm still very close with, but I still wasn't on like the in crowd. Um, so the podcast has become a really funny way for me now to sit there and actually feel like we have a giant platform. We're one of the biggest South Asian podcasts out there at the moment. And so to have that and to be sort of this flag bearer along with Nahal is really funny to me as this girl that grew up in a very white town and didn't have any Indian friends growing up. So now to be somebody who can actually stand up for that is incredible. Um, but like you said, you know, not having a lot of that growing up and always feeling just a little bit out of place. It's, it's very cool now to, to let people feel like they're being heard and being seen. Well, I love that you kind of chose Neho like Indian matchmaking. So there's always, <laughs> <laughs> there's always that you're like that one, that piece of paper, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, Neho was really, she shines whether you're talking to her in person or whether you're talking to her on paper. Her personality is just so sparkly and bubbly and pops right off the page. And so it's one of my favorite things about her. I can tell how she's feeling when I look at a text message. I can tell how she's feeling when I'm talking to her because she- Bob, you're making me blush. <laughs> she, she comes out so, so much from, from whatever way she's trying to communicate. And so when I remember reading her application and just being like, yeah, this girl is it. And we've honestly, we hit it off really quickly when we started talking. Um, I think that thing that kind of brings us together and makes us work is we both have our strengths and weaknesses and they're not the same thing. So we're not competing against each other at any point. In fact, we're always on the same team or we're helping each other grow to be better people. I mean, with Annika, she's so good at the business strategy side of the Woke Daisy. And then I'm better at marketing or content and stuff. And so she helps me be more organized in that aspect. And then I help get her creativity out. And you know, with things like that, it's just really cool what you can do because that's what happens with the podcast then you have all these ideas when people are telling you either you're reaching too far in the stars or you're not reaching at all and we always push each other to be better so thanks for being my life <laughs> <laughs> i know it's, it's just so funny because she is really you know this incredible kind of extension and we have a really funny personality balance between the two of us because i'm, I'm seven years ahead i'm almost eight years older than her 
one of the, the cool things is that when we do reach our audience, we get to reach a wide variety of ages. We get to reach a lot of different people who are going through different things. Because even in that eight year gap between Nehal and I, our entire experience as Indian women has been completely different. Because if you think about it, and this is going to age me a little bit, I'm only 33. But when we look at my experience as a teenager, the internet started making a big deal when I was in middle school. Whereas when Nehal was in middle school, the internet was a good, good thing. Everyone already talked on the online and everything was starting to pick up when I was, you know, in my teens. Whereas by her teens, people were already networked. And so that changes our experience entirely. It's almost like looking at what our children are going to look at us like and be like, dude, you have no idea what this is like. We don't know what it's like to be so connected. And so that gap has actually allowed us to connect with a lot of people, I think, because there's a lot of people now where the podcast is just as incredible way to reach out to the Indians in the, you know, in the Midwest who might not have people, uh, lots and lots of Indian people around them versus someone who grew up in New Jersey who has Indian people around them all the time, you know? So it's, it's just a really nice equalizer in a lot of ways. And um, the podcast has just been an incredible, incredible journey to go through with, with Neil. Sorry, that's a really long answer to your question. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, but I guess, you know, that's, that is the story of the podcast and how it's landed where, where it has. So Nahal, tell me why you were drawn to apply to this podcast, uh, because it looks like Anika put out kind of like a, hey, if you're interested, holla. And so what, what made you drawn to her or to the podcast? Maybe just as a moment of reflection, like how has that come? Has it come full circle? How has, you know, any of those expectations? I think that when I saw the call for a podcast, I was also searching for this like space in my life that I wanted to do something that was more vocal and like stood for social justice and stuff. And I was trying to fill that void by like, you know, writing for Brown Girl Magazine, but I still wasn't getting my voice heard as much as I wanted it to be. So when Annika put this call out, I was like, okay, this is it. This is exactly what I want to do because it sounds like she wants to do something where you're going to get to talk about these important topics, but then you're also having this like fun, sassy, like voice that you want. And it's not like a professional newscast or something. So then when I applied, I was like, okay, cool. This is exactly what I want to do. But then all these others started, or take that back, all these other people started getting involved. And, you know, we just didn't see eye to eye on the creative direction. And so I was like, okay, I don't know if this is for me. And it wasn't Annika, but it was just a lot of people's different opinions and schedules and everything. So then I realized, okay, maybe I'll just stick it around till the end and see what happens. And then turns out everyone else dropped out. So I was like, yes, this podcast is mine <laughs> with Annika. So it actually worked out because I remember while we were trying to figure out what to do with this podcast, we were in this group text of six people, but Annika and I were actually chatting separately all the time. We we're like, Oh, what should we do? Should we write this in the group or should we put this there? And then it was like, we were checking in with each other before we actually wrote in the main group. So it already felt like there was a little bit that was just ours. And so when it all worked out towards the end, I was like, okay, cool. We kind of knew this from the beginning we might not admit it, but like now we're like, okay, this is our podcast. This is what we wanted. It's our baby. And then now we're a real ass company and we have our own LLC. So it's freaking real. Yeah. Yeah. We actually LLC'd earlier this year um, because we had, uh, I won't say a sustainable income because it's definitely <laughs> not enough for us to quit our jobs yet. Uh, but it's a, like, that's ultimately the goal because we have made significant money um, enough to, to, 
be like, okay, we can, we can, we can do this. We've got this. So that was a really big growth step. There's been a lot of really, really cool things that we've gotten to be involved with and that have happened both by, you know, serendipity and just good connections and a lot of luck and a lot of faith and a lot of trusting each other too, because like Nehal said, you know, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of unknowns whenever you go into this kind of project, right? Creativity is not a linear career path and it is not a linear path to success which means that you really have to trust in the ride because it's going to be a wild one. You are going to hit these high points that are absolutely amazing. You're going to hit low points where you feel like you've missed the bus. And the thing is, is that, you know, you have to be able to trust your partner and you have to be able to say, okay, you've got this, you're driving right now. And I'm just going to have to sit here and trust while you go off a cliff. And, you know, I'm right there. I'm right next to you for this. And I think Nehal and I have been very lucky actually to be able to build that and whenever we're about to do something stupid we have team member number three who <laughs> calls us on it so yes, I think to our producer he's awesome he always he's helps nice. us he's like all the time he, he, we have a car ride thing going whenever we're on long car rides which has been a lot over covid when we drive back and forth between new york and our um, hometown and he likes spending a half hour an hour telling us all the things that we're doing wrong so, you know, it's weird because you would think that it's Annika's brother who is our producer. So he's going to be like, you know, honest with Annika and then talk to me and be like, oh, you did really good, but maybe you should fix this. And then, you know, the sandwich method. But now he's like, Nahal, you suck. You should have done this better. And I'm like, dude, we're not even related. Or you would think like that he'd be nicer to me, but that's probably not the case. He's actually harder on me. And he's never, it's so funny because he's not mean. He's just so like, practical that like, it's like real just don't like don't sugarcoat it tell it how it is yeah, like if, <laughs> if we do something that he doesn't like he'll just like I don't know why he did that it's just so calm like I don't think that that made sense what was the point and he's just like so down to earth that we are always just kind of like oh. <laughs> why did we do that what was the point why did why did we make those decisions you know and so it's it's been really cool this whole ride has been really wild um and I really wouldn't have pictured that from a Facebook post that pitched it as Sex in the City meets the real, that it would have ended up here. When we were prepping for Youth 2.0, um, we were talking about potential keynote speakers. I was on a call with our core team. There were five of us. And we were breaking our heads because we wanted to reach as many demographics, demographics, excuse me, as possible without limiting it to just the Indian crowd. But we also knew that the majority of people who would be coming our way was gonna be Indian people, um, Indian kids in their 20s who were looking for youth connection, especially at the front of the pandemic. And I remember one of our core team members, Deepika, said, have you heard of this podcast called The Woke Lacey? It's this incredible podcast with these two amazing brown women who are doing a great job of breaking the stigma around mental health. And I was like, Okay, Th that was the moment for me that seeing how much you guys had progressed since day one, and I, you know, Annika, I've been with you since day one in this entire project, and I've gotten to see how it's evolved and impacted so many people. To hear that friend say, what about the girls from the Woke They See? Why don't they be our keynote speakers was a moment for me to look at you guys and say, wow, you are making a major, major difference. Your episodes on mental health are always the ones that I go back to and listen. I don't really tell you this often, Annika, but whenever I'm having a bad day or I need to remind myself of some tips and tools that I can use to just manage whatever it is I'm going through, I always go back and listen to your mental health episodes. They're incredibly beneficial for me. I wanted to hear from you guys, number one, and you can answer this in any order that you'd like to, 
what was the episode that made you guys go, oh, we're really making a difference based on audience engagement or the way that people were interacting with you, the way that your, your guest was interacting with you guys. And then two, you guys obviously break a lot of stigmas in the South Asian uh, community, whether it be mental health, LGBT, um, cultural contexts that need to be broken for us. Was there one in particular or a few that made you stop and think about the way that you were looking at different issues within our community and helped you to open your mind up more to them? Wow, that is a very loaded question, but <laughs> I think I'll start with the first part. If they're like the second that I realized that our podcast was kind of making it big, quote unquote, I still don't ever think that because, you know, you're not ever going to give yourself pride for what you do. But um, I think that when we started season two, we did one on men's mental health. And I feel like that was the first time we reached out to men and then we also were talking about something like mental health. When you look at the topics in season one, they were all topics that, you know, are kind of easier to talk about. You know, we're just starting this podcast. We're figuring out how should we tiptoe around these topics or how openly should we talk about them? But then as soon as we got into season two and there was only two co-hosts left, we're like, okay, we're putting it all on the table. We're going to start talking about men's mental health. Then we went into sex right away. Then we're going into depression and anxiety. And I'm like, okay, okay, we're just doing it all right now. So I think that part for me was, I was like, okay, there's no going back with what you're saying right now, because right now we're doing it. What about you, Annika? I would say that the episode that, well, let me go back. First off, Mamata, thank you, because I didn't realize, like you said, that it was actually making that much of an impact. And so that actually means so much to me and Obviously, I know to nail too um, that you that you do go back and listen to it because that is kind of the goal to always make people feel less alone and feel understood in some way, even if it's by some stranger's voice that's coming through your headphones, you know. And in terms of episodes that I think stood out to me, the one that always comes to mind is the Indo-Caribbean identity episode because we don't recognize our own histories sometimes, especially given that we've been colonized as South Asia as a whole has been colonized. It's really tough to recognize when our own, because so many atrocities happened during that time, during, during colonization, that it's very hard to pinpoint additional ones, right? Because you're already thinking through the major ones like partition or, you know, the massacres and this and that. And the Indo-Caribbean episode stood out to me because we didn't realize how many, which is I believe 1.4 million Indians at the time, because it was all India, were taken from India and sent either through slavery or indentured servitude to other parts mm -hmm. of the world, whether that was South Africa, whether that was Caribbean. And the engagement that we got from that episode blew my mind. It was like we tapped into an entire demographic that was unseen. And the reason was because we didn't see them. All this time, we actually did not see them. Um, my best friend growing up in middle school, high school, was actually Guyanese American. And I remember thinking, oh, well, you're not really that Indian. And so it's so funny now because it was like, well, crap you're not really as with it as you think you are. And so to hear it now as an adult was like really humbling. Um, and, you know, it was just so eye-opening to realize how many people, South Asian first-generation people have skipped over and have chosen to forget because those same people are the ones who are like really grasping South Asian identity. They're like, no, no, we're South Asian. We're hundred years removed, 200 years removed. Our ancestors were brought here violently. We don't even have our own family histories to refer to. 
but we're South Asian, we're Indian. We don't even know where we came from, but we're Indian, you know, and they hang on to these things. And it was just really eye opening. I, th- I honestly think about it every single day. And to answer your second part about what issue I still feel passionately about and would love to dive into perpetually be reproductive health. And I say that because selfishly, my master's degree was in uh, women's health and uh, in public health. And my thesis was on, you know, uh, decreasing maternal mortality rates in sub-Saharan Africa with obstetrics kits. And I think women have been taught to feel so shamed by anything related to anything below the belt and sex. And they've been taught that their honor is in their vagina and not anywhere else in their body. And because of that, there's a lot of health information that gets stuck by the wayside. There are so many South Asian women, white women, women generally across the board who don't know what to do if a pregnancy is unexpected, who don't know how they got pregnant in the first place, who don't know how to prevent it, who don't know what signs to look for for cancer, who don't know when they're supposed to go to the gynecologist, who don't know that there is care and support available if they have an abortion. If they're South Asian, what to do when you need an abortion and to recognize that the stigma to- like associated with it needs to be broken. So those are so many, so many things that are dear to my heart that I just wish we could do seasons on seasons and podcasts on podcasts on just to make women recognize their worth, their power, and also realize how, how, how involved they need to be with their health. And uh, it's just, it's, those are probably the topics that, that light me on fire the most. Another great one actually that we did was anti-blackness, which we did about a year ago. And then it was crazy to kind of be involved and read all about, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement that happened this year and get involved with South Asian support Black Lives Matter because, you know, we did this podcast and we did so much research about it. And, you know, we did as much as we could at that time. And then there was so much more that came out. And so, you know, it was really cool to do a second part to that in our season that happened most recently and talk about systemic racism more and take accountability for things that we've said on previous podcasts. So I thought that was really cool. But when people ask me, you know, what is like your favorite episode or, you know, which one do you like talking or what, what guests do you like the most? I honestly think it changes depending on what's happening in current events. And so recently, like there was that new Bollywood song that came out, you know, about the Beyonce thing that was absolutely horrible. And then it got me thinking, okay, great. We just did an episode on colorism a couple of months ago. And everything that we researched on that episode and everything that was said by Nina and stuff was just so stuck in my mind. So I was able to kind of put that connection together. Recently, Annika also brought light to some sexual assault happening um, in India and stuff. And that was kind of crazy to read about as well, because then it got me thinking about all the things that we've done around sexual assault, honor-based violence and everything. So I think when you start listening to a podcast, the one thing that I can tell people is like, when you start paying attention to current events, all of these details and all these numbers and all these stats that we go through will kind of just come into your mind. And so that's why I don't have a favorite episode because I think it changes depending on what's happening in the world. I think what's really incredible is you've been through seasons of this already. So it's so cool to approach a topic, I think at one point in time and then reapproach it based on one, how you may have evolved and then two, how the world is evolving too. So I think, it's not like you can cover a topic and then be done. Like you said, Anika, like it's amazing to reapproach a topic over and over again, either through different perspectives of your own or through different experts that you bring on. So um, I have another question. 
and of course this is all podcast related because we're we kind of have something in common so <laughs> i'd love to pick your brain more but yeah. um what is the most impactful piece of advice that you've gotten whether it was a positive or a negative piece of advice or feedback from someone whether it's in your own circle who's listened to your podcast or from a listener mine would probably be take accountability so if you say something and then you read about it later and you know what you said maybe it was incorrect or you know you gave a wrong stat talk about it in the next episode and say, oh, I mentioned this last time, but I don't feel that way anymore. Or I learned more about a situation. And then also the other thing that my best friends always tell me is don't tiptoe around the details or about how your opinion is. Because a lot of times I feel like in podcasts, you know, when it comes to these difficult topics about, I don't know, sex, People tiptoe around it because they don't want to give personal life details, but also they want to be talking about it. And I think when you do a podcast, you have to stay true to yourself. You know, you're putting everything out there. So regardless of what people are going to say, you just got to do it. I would say all of those things, of course. (laughs) Uh, I would also say one of the things that is required for podcasts, especially because it is such a place of vulnerability whether you're talking about a true crime story, which is actually what Nahal and I are addicted to when it comes to podcasts, or whether it's actually a personal story, there comes a certain human connection from podcasting that doesn't come from anything else because people are listening to you speak and that's the only thing they have to go on. They don't necessarily have the visuals. Yeah, social media is great and it gives you a good support if you need it, but when they're listening to your show, all they have is your voice and what you bring to the story. And so that authenticity needs to be there. And that vulnerability needs to be there. And you need to be able to tell the story in a way that not only captures the person's attention, but connects with them. And that can only come through details. That can only come through owning your story and making it feel like they can own theirs in turn. So that was probably, you know, the advice that I got also was you've got to be more honest about the things that you're talking about. Not that we were ever dishonest, but more like Nahal said, tiptoeing around things or, you know, saying, okay, well, you know, maybe we can just skip over those details and just talk about the main issue. But the main issue is made up of many, many finer issues that you probably should talk about. And lastly, do your research. If you're going to do a topic like infertility or something that's on the heavier side, like I keep mentioning abuse or honor-based violence, and you're going to start the episode off with some stats or telling a story later, you got to make sure you have the stat or you have got to make sure you have the correct stats and also be citing your sources. Because a lot of times people hear things and they're like, where did that come from? Or that's not true. So Annika and I have definitely been more nitpicky about doing that with each other and kind of proofreading through scripts or the beginning of our intros to make sure that we're actually telling people where everything's coming from, especially on our Instagram, where we started citing all the sources to any of our graphics we make. I think that's very important. I think the other thing is also challenging yourself, but also being not being cognizant of the fact that you're going to be changing through this process. Bob, no one said was, you know, you can always come back to any of these issues at certain points in time and realize how much you've changed. And there's magic in that because you realize how much you've grown, but there's also a lot of challenge that comes with that because some days it feels very heavy to dive into all of those issues. I think one of the nice things that Nahal and I have been lucky enough to be able to do is take breaks between seasons. And it's been partially for our mental health too, because the burnout is real. We both work very, very demanding full-time jobs. And then on top of that, we have this from our five to nine on top of other side hustles that we actually are dedicated to 
in addition to the podcast. And so this, this, this mental health thing is really important for us to be able to protect. And we were burnt out at the season, at the beginning of season four. I remember two episodes in, I messaged her being like, I don't know how much longer we can keep up this pace. And that was just because Black Lives Matter had started. So we started getting, gaining a lot of traction very, very quickly and very unexpectedly. And I remember just looking at her and being like, I'm so tired. I don't know how much longer we can do this. We had to do it the whole summer. So, you know, we both had other things going on. And so, um, you know, protecting your, your time and your mental health is really critical too, but also recognizing the challenge because it can get heavy and it can also be really, especially if you're harder on yourself, like I am, or, you know, I know Nahal is too. It can also get to the point where you start feeling like, shoot, I didn't talk about everything with honor-based violence or, oh my gosh, I didn't know everything with this other issue that I should have known. Or other times I can't fix it. Like I am talking about all of these things um, and I can't fix it. Or you've been talking to eight different people about infertility and you're really, really tired and you're really down and you don't know how to get yourself out of that funk. So, you know, it's, it's also important to acknowledge where you are in the journey, whether you're at this point that you're like, oh yeah, I'm being challenged. Let me grow. Or whether you're like, I'm done growing. I just need a break. You know, like I need just, I need to sit still for a minute and, and take a minute. So I think that that's also one of the pieces of advice that a lot of my friends tend to give me is, is like, you've got to slow down if you're going at a quick pace. You've got to slam the brakes every once in a while and, and protect yourself. So sorry, there's a lot of pieces of information there from both of us, I guess. But um, I would love to say we're old hat, but like we're only a year and a half old. So it's not really that, it's not really that old. But in, in, in those 18 months or so, that's, that's kind of what we've learned. that's all incredible perspective. And I think that applies not only to the creative aspects of life, whether it's building a podcast or doing the number of things that the two of you also do as a part of your careers, but also just for life, it's so easy to get caught up in the grind. And I think the pandemic has exacerbated that. In some ways, we're all back at home, we're living at home, and that's been such a nourishing thing for many of us. But simultaneously, it's prevented us from taking the breaks that we need to take because we're just go, go, go. Now that we don't have to commute, we don't have to get in the car and drive anywhere. We don't necessarily have to get up and go for a walk to take a break. It's very much, okay, I'm in my house, I can walk from my room to the kitchen and I can get my coffee and then I can go right back to work and I can keep grinding and keep going. And the burnout has been very real for so many of us in the space that we're in now, given the pandemic, everything that's going on with the Black Lives Matters movement, um, gosh, this ridiculous election, and then just life in general. I mean, Annika, you're getting married and you've had to deal with a wedding on top of all of this insanity, which I know hasn't been easy. So that I think was really pertinent advice for everybody that it is okay to hit the brakes every once in a while. It doesn't mean that you're slowing down your trajectory of growth. It just means that you need to make sure that you're nourishing yourself so you can continue to grow. I think that that's something that, especially as women, I, I imagine that you guys can all relate to is that there is an incredibly high value placed on productivity all the time. So whether that's as a daughter or whether that's as a sister or a girlfriend or a wife or a mother, especially a mother, there's always, always this pressure to constantly be producing something, whether it's cooking for your entire family or whether that's being there emotionally for everyone or whether that's working and doing your job like a total rock star. It's just constantly this pressure that if you are not producing, your value has actually declined. And we often, I think, 
run by that. And I think that the pandemic has made it worse because a lot of people have been like, you know, I just feel like resting today, but if I don't do all of these things, I've wasted my day. Or, you know, they'll be like, oh, well, you know, I read all these motivational posts about learning five languages and virtually traveling six museums tonight and then writing a book and doing this and doing that and all of these wonderful positive things. And those are really great positive things, but it also puts a lot of pressure on people and makes them feel like failures if they don't do all of those things. If they do, for example, feel like one day watching Netflix for 10 hours in a row, which for the record I have done. Like it happens, you know, and I think that it's one of those things that we have to learn to sit back and be saturated with our growth and really just kind of bask in it sometimes rather than constantly pushing us for more because in that case is your growth really sinking in to begin with are you really laying down the roots for that tree to grow and you know you need to be able to water that and i and i actually read a quote today about that somebody was saying that about compliments um someone had put up a post about you know they a woman got a compliment from somebody and she said thank you and she was about to like kind of ricochet it right back. And someone said, I'm going to give you your compliment and you can choose whether you want to water it and let it grow. And I found that really poignant within that context, but also I think that it's really applicable when it comes to growth and life and really being able to pause is that you've really got to water yourself too, to make sure that you actually grow the right way. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have this tangible, it's not like you're going to see this tree, like take root and, you know, shoot to the sky in a day or two, you know, it's a constant process. You've got to let it kind of nurture itself and grow and you got to take breaks in order for that to happen. I think, you know, you said earlier that you're not necessarily old hats, but in a lot of ways you are because you both have your own career tracks on top of everything else that you're trying to do to continue to grow. I mean, Nahal, you're a successful marketer and fashion blogger, and you do all of this amazing work as an influencer. My God, I'm so inspired by you. And then of course, Annika, you're continuing to churn out these incredible books and making an impact with your words. And I know from a, talking about it from a, a brown girl stigma perspective, those aren't necessarily normal career paths for Indian women to take. And the fact that the two of you are on those very unique, very distinct paths and you're killing it, I think is a great example to anybody who reads your books, follows you on Instagram, listens to your podcasts to be able to see that, yes, even though it's not the conventional brown way of doing it, we're doing it and we're killing it and you can do that too. I think that's incredibly special. I say this because I often think about my younger self who very much felt like she had to be a doctor, who very much felt like she had to do exactly what was expected of her. And I wish, going back to Bhavna's point from the beginning of the podcast, I wish I had voices like the two of you to listen to or to talk to or to hear from, to know that it was okay for me to follow my creative passions. And I'm not someone who generally regrets anything in life. I really believe that every little thing happens for a reason. But I do think about what I would say to my younger self, or sometimes I write letters to my younger self about all the ways that I wish she would forgive herself for maybe not doing what she thought she should have been doing. So I, I always ask Annika this question, and I'd love to pose it again. If you could tell perhaps your 17-year-old self anything, what would you say to her? That would probably be like, it gets better and you can do whatever you want to if your heart desires. Don't listen to the trolls. Always, you know, be surround yourself with amazing people and just follow your dreams. Honestly, I wish I could tell myself that. Like when I look back, I wanted to do so many things, but I was so afraid of what people were going to say. And so I think the one thing that I would tell myself is who cares what people think? I think I would probably say something similar. 
And I would also tell my little self to stop looking around so much and just look at your own path. I think that I played the comparison game for a very long time. And I think most women can say this, to be honest. The comparison game is something that we're very guilty of doing to ourselves. Social media makes it so much worse too. I think I I would tell myself to go with your gut and really trust the path that you're on and maybe listen to your parents a little bit more than you actually did because my parents are awesome and they knew they the, the funny thing is I remember telling a guidance counselor my parents really want me to be a doctor but I had actually never heard those words come out of their mouth it was just an expectation that I put on myself thinking that that's what they wanted and when I got to college I remember my mom saying you should go into journalism my dad go you should go into marketing and then now recently this probably within the last six months I looked at my mom and I was like, I should have gone into journalism. And then I looked at my dad and I said, I'm thinking about getting a marketing certificate. <laughs> and my parents, God bless them. They didn't say I told you so, but they sure gave me the look. They kind of smiled. And at that point, it just made me laugh because I just kept thinking, man, you knew me better than I ever, ever thought you did at that age. And I should have listened, you know? And I mean, like you said, Mama, I think that everything happens for a reason. I think I ended up where I was supposed to end up. I ended up in a very, very beautiful combination of things that I love. Sometimes I think it could have been easier had I actually listened to everybody and what, you know, what my parents were saying in particular and uh, not tried to fit into the mold because what they were pushing me towards was also not in the mold. It was not medicine. And I was the one who was putting myself in that. So maybe, you know, stop boxing your, your own self in, you know, just break down the walls and go do your thing. And, you know, the only person in my case, at least that was putting up those walls in the first place was me. I really resonated with a lot of what you said, a lot of those expectations that we put on ourselves and taking a moment to see where you are today and know that like everything happens for a reason. It all led to a place that makes sense eventually, but there are a lot of boxes that we put around our own brains and our own paths and we don't need those. So <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you. And, you know, I remember looking at my fiance recently and going, what are we even doing? Why are we even doing these things? And, and I think that COVID was one of those things that opened my eyes a lot because I realized like, dude, I don't even like what I'm doing some days. Why am I doing it in the first place? And yeah, there's a certain degree of adulting that, you know, I'm not that stupid. Like I realized that adulting does mean sometimes doing things you don't like doing, but you know, at the same time with my job, I was in that moment, like, why did I end up here? Or like, why am I sticking to this? Rather than, you know, this whole mentality of like, if you don't like it, change it. Why am I not changing it? What is the problem? You know, what is holding me back? And it always just comes right back to me. It's always me holding myself back. It's not necessarily, you know, somebody else putting something on it, especially as a grown adult. It's really tough to, to unwire the way that you've been wired, um, you know, and to, to change old habits and to change the things that you've grown up thinking and doing to yourself. It's very hard to kind of, I always tell, I always use this analogy with Mamatha, but I always say like, it's very hard to untangle knots that you put in there in the first place. But at the same time, you know, like imagine what we could do if we did, you know? And I think COVID was a really good example of that is realizing like, if you don't like it, change it. Well, you said you, you feel like old hats and I think you giving advice to your younger selves almost feels like you giving advice to us as baby podcasters. We're <laughs> just now starting off on this journey and you said it's been a year and a half, but it's been a lot of 
life lived in this past year and a half for you guys. So I want to say thank you for everything that you've shared with us. One about just how you got here as, you know, in your podcast together, but as individuals up until this point, because I think it's really inspiring for us to see two strong Indian women taking podcasting by storm, addressing really tough topics. Stop telling yourself like like it's okay. Like we don't have to like make that a thing that echoes through our brain. And I think each one of your points is something that Mamata and I have at least individually, if not spoken to each other together and tried to get out of our own heads and let the fear, the boxes that we kind of draw around us, like break those down. And so it's really inspiring to hear you guys on all of the streaming sites, but then also to see you guys right here in front of us, giving us advice directly to us. So it's honestly been such an honor and pleasure to be able to speak directly to the both of you. Oh, thank you. Oh my gosh, that means so much to us both. I mean, I think it's been an incredible journey and to get to be here, to be able to talk to you guys, to be able to have a platform to feel like not only do our voices matter, but the voices of South Asians as a whole have risen and to be able to be a part of that is an incredibly, incredibly huge blessing. So, you know, thank you for having us and for listening to us ramble for an hour. And <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for having us. It's been so fun getting to chat with both of you. And I'm actually really excited to listen to more of your episodes, see who future guests are, and also listen to this one because we're on it. <laughs> it's been so fun. Like Bhavna also we'll keeping it real like always, man. Always. I always try to filter and then I'm like, why? <laughs> why? Why have a filter? But yeah, as Bhavna was saying at the beginning also, um, I hope this was as coffee chatty as you guys wanted it because this was super fun. Feels like I've known you for ages. No, and hopefully we get to do this again because it has been coffee chatty and Next time we'll make it like chai chatty and like have snacks and all of that. I so, agree with that. Yeah, we'll Venmo each other for the chai, so <laughs> make it worth it. Fully, fully agree. <laughs> and by the time Bindu this goes live, you'll be a married lady. I will be a married lady. But congratulations, girl. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Well, seeing as two of the girls on this are actually my bridesmaids, this is going to be really fun. So, uh, yeah. No, it's it's wild. I am really excited and. Mamata, I'm so happy that you brought both Anika and Nehal to speak with us today. Um, I think something that I mentioned on the podcast too, something that really resonated with me was the barriers that they're breaking down for young women, um, whether they're Indian American, Indian, or some other culture that's had to be infused with American culture. I think they're doing a lot of work to tear down a lot of the barriers that you and I even had to face growing up um, as Indian Americans. So I think about, you know, just last week we we saw Kamala Harris become the vice president-elect and that in and of itself creates almost an idea of opportunity. And I think back to how, while I was growing up, I had a lot of questions. I had a lot of topics that I wanted to discuss, uh, but they weren't, I guess, considered out of line. You know, I wanted to question why certain things were done a certain way. And um, 
in some cases, you know, my parents were always willing to sit down and explain to me, but not everyone was that gracious. Um, not everyone in our Indian community was that gracious. And when we did see um, you know, people ask questions or question society or question things, they were kind of looked down upon. And so I think it's a brilliant way to go back almost in time and look at all of these, whether it's issues that we were um, brought up with but never addressed or things that are happening right now and, and tackling them in the moment. I'm really excited that someone, some a group, two, two lovely Indian American individuals have gone about walking through each one of these topics um, and kind of exposing all of us to our own you know, deep-seated, whether it's insecurities or stereotypes about ourselves, other people, and, and working on slowly unraveling, unknotting each one of them. Yeah, 100%. Everything you just said really struck a chord with me based on the conversation we just had with them. You know, we always think in our minds that we're never going to have prejudice, we're never going to have judgment, but then we approach a situation and it ends up being there, whether it's subconscious or conscious. And I think about that a lot with different scenarios for the Indian American population. So I think what's beautiful about what Anika and Nehal are doing through their conversations and the stories that they get to bring on through their podcast is everything that you just said. They're truly breaking those stigmas. They are breaking the boundaries around a lot of the topics that have been very taboo for our culture for a very long time. And something that always stands out to me, whether it be, you know, because of my three years of friendship with Anika or the way that I look to Nahal and really admire the work that she's doing is that one particular stigma that they continuously break is this idea that creativity cannot be a career. Creativity is a career and they're showing that day in and day out with the work that they're doing. You can take your passions and allow them to flourish into something that can be lucrative. And I know for our culture, oftentimes making money and having status is really important. So we shy away from utilizing our creativity in a way that's a little bit more left of center. And that's what both of these women are doing on a day-to-day -day basis. They are trying to build their careers in a way that they don't need anything else to sustain them. They are sustained truly by their passions. And I have no doubt in my mind that they're going to do that. And it just inspires me so much because for someone who I'm still struggling to break out of the box that I have in my head of what I should be doing with my life and my career. And I've known that I've never wanted to follow the straight and narrow path, but it's so hard to break that habit out of my mind. And so to watch the two of them do it and do it successfully is very inspiring to me. So I've, I continuously learn so much from every single person that we have on the show and from the two of them, especially because they know our world. They know what it's like to be brown and what it could feel like to be a little bit quieter or more timid in, in terms of growing into ourselves. I agree. I, I think even, I mean, even yesterday I was just questioning what I do and why I do it and what I, what I should be doing. So know that you and I are on this path together and, we're growing together and we're learning together. So anything that we can do to learn from these guests, I'm, I'm happy to do it together with you. So thanks, Anika. Thanks, Nahal. You guys are incredible and breaking down all the boundaries. Boundaries. <laughs> Y'all go Same. listen to Woke Desi. Yes, yes. I was just about to say, say boundaries five times fast. Boundaries, 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 breaking boundaries, breaking boundaries, breaking boundaries, breaking boundaries, breaking boundaries. I'm close. You did it. 
messed up once. <laughs> no, you didn't. You didn't mess up at all. Oh, wow. That, that's for enunciating everything well your entire life. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, go check out The Woke They See. We will share links with you guys for different episodes that we think you should be listening to um, and just links to their podcast because it's phenomenal. You've been listening to The Unexpected Gurus, hosted and produced by Bhavna Krishna Ramesh and Mamata Venkat. A huge shout out to the incredible Brian Jones for the beautiful theme music and all the audio support. And thank you to you, all of our listeners. Subscribe to receive updates on new episodes and content. You can find our episodes on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, and also on our website. We love your feedback and want to hear from you. Please comment, like, and reach out to us on Instagram and Facebook. Grab your mug and listen to Tug next week as we talk with our friend Anna, who has a unique reason for choosing and committing to medicine. Her passion for kidneys goes beyond just the organs, and she shares what her lifelong dedication to Mesoamerican nephropathy has taught her along the way.